Good morning and welcome to 1C. Would you please rise for our first song? You fought, but you were just too weak. So you lost all the things you tried to keep. Now you're on your knees. Now you're on your knees. The way everything can change. In a moment's time, you don't have to be afraid. Cause fear is just a Open up your eyes And you break open the sky Let's go to God in prayer. If you would please, bow your heads. Great and gracious Heavenly Father, we give you thanks this morning for this chance to be together, for the newness that you give us in life through your son Jesus. Lord, this morning we ask that you bless this time together, the message we're about to receive, the fellowship, the music we're about to sing. Lord, we pray for all of this in Jesus' awesome name and all God's people said, amen. You've been walking the same old road for miles and miles. You've been hearing the same old voice of the same old lies. You're trying to fill the same old holes inside. Well, there's a better life. There's a better life. 
If you got pain, or he's a pain taker. If you feel lost, or he's a way maker. If you need freedom, or saving, he's a prison shaking savior. If you've got chains, or he's a chain breaker. We've all searched for the light of day in the dead of night. We've all found ourselves worn out from the same old fight. We've all run to things we know just ain't right. But there's a better life. There's a better life. We got pain. We's a pain taker. Feel lost, well, he's a way maker. If you need freedom or saving, he's a prison shaking savior. If you got chains, well, he's a chain breaker. If you believe it, if you receive it, if you can feel. Somebody testify If you believe it If you receive it If you can feel it Somebody testify Testify If you believe it If you receive it If you can feel it Somebody testify If you got pain a pain taker. If you feel lost, well, he's a way maker. If you need freedom, we're saving. He's a prison shaking savior. If you got chains, well, he's a chain breaker. Oh, if you need freedom, we're saving. He's a prison shaking savior. If you got chains. Oh, he's a chain breaker You may be seated. Yesterday I did a wedding and usually the weddings start out with the invocation. Uh, when we get together in church, we often will do the invocation it's interesting, when I ask people, do you know what an invocation is? And they'll usually have that deer-in-the-headlight look. Like, to invoke is pretty similar to invite. So when we use the words of invocation, we're actually inviting God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, to come here to be with us, to live in us, and to live through us. So as I share these words with you this morning, as we... Uh, continue our worship. I want you to receive these words, but also send them that way and say, God, you come. Come in a mighty way. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The one event that has changed the course of human history is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. His suffering, death, and resurrection has just done everything that was necessary 
for people like you and me to be able to deal with this thing called sin. So that's why in worship we do take time to, to talk about this, to talk about our sin, but then be reminded what Jesus did 2,000 years ago and what he is doing today. So I'd like to invite you to join me in the words and the, the prayer of confession that we will have up on the screen. Let's pray this together. Heavenly Father, your desire is to bless your children here on this earth and for eternity. In your word, you show me how by your grace and mercy I have received one blessing on top of another. Lord, I confess that my sin has caused me to miss out on your blessings. My sin of selfishness, laziness, and rebellion has separated me from you. By the power of your Holy Spirit, show me my sin and remind me of your love that you have expressed through the sending of your Son, Jesus. May the good news of his suffering, death, and resurrection empower me to live as your child. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This is known in Christian churches as the Lenten season. And really what it is, it is a time for a little introspection. It's time for us to think about, okay, what's my journey like? What have I done? Uh, where do I need God's mercy and grace? But what's important during the Lenten season, even though we consider our sin, is to never lose sight of the resurrection. Never lose sight of what was done for us 2,000 years ago. So I want you to, to know, you, you confessed your sins. You know, we we kind of looked at it. But I want you to keep remembering that because of Jesus, because of what he did 2,000 years ago, your sins are forgiven. God has taken them as far as the east is from the west. And then we're told that he will remember them no more. That is glorious good news. So may that good news give you a joy today and tomorrow and for eternity because of Jesus. Amen. As we continue now in worship, uh, opportunity for prayer, you'll notice that we have some forms in front of you in the chair back pockets. You could fill those out, whether prayer of thanksgiving or prayer of concern, and ushers will come by in just a moment to gather those from you. Uh, also, it's a time where we gather tithes and offerings, and, and really, this is a moment where all of us should be kind of going through a process, saying, okay, God, you have blessed me with so many blessings. In fact, the Bible says one blessing on top of another. Time, talents, treasures, I mean, whatever God has given you. And what he wants us to do is to, to show our thanksgiving back to him. And just one of the ways is tithes and offerings. Another way is to use your gifts and abilities, your time. So please prayerfully consider what God is calling you to do in showing your thanksgiving to all that he's done for you. And then thirdly, don't forget we have the fellowship pads at the end of the chair rows. Fill that out if you would and then pass that around and get to know some other people. May God be glorified in this time of worship together.
Boys and girls, it's time for the children's message. So come on up front, and as you're coming up, make sure you grab a pair of these really cool glasses. All right, come on up front. Find a seat on the floor. There you go. Yep, you're welcome. All right. Raise your hand if you have seen a 3D movie before. Some of you have seen a 3D movie. Cool. What happens when you see a 3D movie? Let me grab another pair. What happens? Thank you. Yeah, can you tell me? It feels like it's real. Yeah, that's right. It feels like it's real. So when you put on these glasses and you look, things look like they're coming off the screen, don't they? It's really cool. It's like they're alive, right? Well, you know what? We've got some pictures to look at. So put your glasses on, all right? And then look up here at the screen, and we'll see if we can see something come to life. Can you see that? Yeah? What is that? Chicken. Yeah, all right, let's look at another one. Ooh. Does it look like it's coming out at you? Yeah, a cannon and it's coming right out at you. What else do we see? Is there another one? Ooh, that one's kind of creepy. Yeah, it's like a dinosaur coming to get you, isn't he? Yeah. Do we have any other ones? I don't know. Oh, there we go. Ducks. They're going to walk right out and get you. Quack, quack. Yeah. Isn't that really cool? You know what? The adults out there, they can't see it in 3D. Do you know why? Yeah, they don't have the glasses on, so they can't see it come to life, can they? No. But it's pretty cool. In 3D, things come alive, don't they? And did you know that Jesus lived a three-dimensional life? He did. He lived in three dimensions, and those dimensions are up in and out. He lived up with his heavenly father in that dimension. He lived in with his disciples, the disciples that he called to him and that ate with him and walked with him and traveled with him. And then out as he went out to heal people, forgive people, make blind people see, right? So Jesus lived a three-dimensional life. And he even tells us in John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus says that he came so that we can have life and life to the full. So Jesus wants us to have a full three-dimensional life where we live in three dimensions too. And if you look on the side of your glasses, it has those three dimensions. The 3D life says up, in, and out. So we can live in three dimensions when we spend time up with our Heavenly Father. We're doing that now in worship, right? We can do that every day as we pray to Him, as we spend time reading Bible stories and doing devotions. And then in, in is when we spend time together as brothers and sisters in Christ, right? Where we get to share what's going on in our life. We get to share our faith and grow and experience that together. And then out, we get to go out into the community and share the love, the forgiveness, the healing that Jesus has for everyone. So Jesus wants us to live that three-dimensional life up, in, and out. So that just like pictures that we see in 3D come to life and look like they're coming off the screen. 
Jesus offers us a full life lived in three dimensions, up, in, and out. So take these glasses home with you and remember those three dimensions, up, in, and out, that Jesus calls us to live into. All right, but first let's pray. And you can fold your hands, bow your heads, and repeat after me. Dear Jesus, thank you for showing us how to live and for coming to give us a full life. Help us to live up, in, and out just as you've showed us. Amen. All right, boys and girls, thank you so much for coming up. Take your glasses with you and think about that up, in, and out life. sermon series beginning today. You are here at the beginning of it. Uh, what I'd like to do, though, is walk you through where we've been, and then where we're going to start today, and then after where we're going to go. So I'm going to go over here, and we're going to go back in the month of December 2019, before we had to start thinking about 2020. Um, we talked about Jesus coming to this earth, and I used the message version of the Bible where it says, he moved into our neighborhood. And, I, and it just resonates for me. He came down here to love this world in a very tangible way. I mean, he walked with us. He talked with us. Um, he taught us. He did lots of things. So that was the month of December. January, we talked about you and me being neighbors to the people that God has put us into. And that we take the love that God has given us, you know, through Jesus, and we share it with all kinds of people. 
right? That was January. And then February, we were looking at Jonah. And remember, Jonah was called by God to go to Nineveh, but he said, no, thank you. He'd rather go to Tarshish. So instead of going this 500-mile journey to uh, this place God has called him, he said, "Uh uh-uh, I'm going this way. But through the course of events, namely the storm and the whale, God got his attention, and eventually he went to Nineveh. He shared the message of God's uh, presence and power and might, and they repented, and then God relented from bringing that um, uh, destruction on them. And then we're going to go to Mission Possible, and we're going to talk about really how is this going to be happening today? How do we bring this message to Columbus, to Nebraska, to the United States, and to this world? And then after that, we're going to get into Holy Week. Believe it or not, that's coming quickly, you know, April. And we're going to look at Jesus in that upper room. We're going to look at Jesus on the cross. And then we're going to look at Jesus in that empty tomb, right, where he is alive. Then we're going to look at post-resurrection appearances. How did the resurrection impact the disciples, the first followers? And then after that, we're going to go into the book of Acts. So you can kind of see where we uh, have been, are, and going. So you can see there's kind of a scope and sequence to things. But what I'd like to do is bring you back in time to about 2,000 years ago. And if I can have the scriptures up on the screen, please. And I'm just going to read to you uh, the storyline from Acts chapter 2. This is when the Holy Spirit had come upon the disciples and some things started taking place. So, that day, about 3,000 took him at his word. They were baptized and were signed up. They committed themselves to the teaching of the apostles, the life together, the common meal, and the prayers. Thank you. Everyone around was in awe. All those wonders and signs done through the apostles. And all the believers lived in wonderful harmony, holding everything in common. They sold whatever they owned and pooled their resources so that each person's needs were met. They followed a daily discipline of worship in the temple, followed by meals at home. Every meal a celebration, exuberant and joyful as they praised God. People, in general, liked what they saw. Every day, their number grew as God added those who were saved. And I was thinking, in in light of Acts chapter 2, the history of 1C and the similarities between what happened 2,000 years ago, what you just heard and saw, and what happened over the course of about 13 years. And some of you may or may not know the story, But the Nebraska district of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, came to Peace Lutheran and some of the other churches and said, hey, what if, what if you start a church in the Columbus area that was specifically for the unchurched and de-churched, for people who may not find the traditional church uh, meaningful or relevant to them? And uh, that that moment was pretty stirring. And and so here is... uh, over here to my left, your right, we have a good-looking group of people, part of the group. Um, some people have moved to different parts of the country. Some people have moved to different parts of the world. Um, some people couldn't be here today because they had other things going on, but this is a portion of what's called the launch team. 
And these are people who said, after the Holy Spirit did its thing, okay, we'll go, we'll go. And uh, somebody brought to me a, a sheet of paper. This is one of the invites early on, um, dated uh, somewhere around March 26, 2007. So around 13 years ago. It says, next steps. Pray, pray, pray for the Holy Spirit to reveal to you your level of participation in 1C. Launch team, financial, prayer, etc. Let the Holy Spirit lead you, guide you, and instruct you. And it was written by Jerry Steger. And some of you may remember him. I mean, they do, for certain. And so what I did is I, I, I sent out an email to the people I knew that were in the launch team that were in the area and asked, would you be willing to come up on stage and let me ask you some questions so that the rest of us can kind of hear what took place about 13 years ago, not just, quote, in the church, but in your hearts, in your minds, and in your life. And so what I'm going to do is give a microphone. And I'm just going to just hand it over here, and then you can start passing it around, or hey, I'll go in the back. Kirk's always good. So I, I'm going to ask some of these questions, and I said I'm not limited to these questions. I can go anywhere I want, because I'm the pastor, so that's just the way that works. What were your first thoughts when you heard that a new church was going to be formed and that people were being asked to be part of a launch team? Well, like pastor said, now I've got a mic so I can go anywhere I want, right? <laughs> so I'll start get, like I did this morning. Go ahead. Get ready. Well, we can mute you in a heartbeat. <laughs> well, he said just one point to start with, so yeah. I'll just start with one point. Like I did this morning, we all struggled to figure out where we were going to sit up here. I don't know if you saw us when we came up here. We're sitting in different places we did the first time. We struggled this morning where we were going to sit, and we struggled again. And he took these people that can't even agree on something as simple as where to sit on stage, and he put us together to start a church. So obviously that God was in that, not us. When we first had our meeting at Peace, um, it was a congregational uh, meeting to vote about 1C. We didn't have a name at that point, but starting a new church. Um, I went to that meeting to vote it down, um, to vote against starting a new church. I thought that if it was needed, I believed it was needed. I had been come back, um, been here about a year, missed my church from Omaha, and um, had kind of floundered looking for something to fill that void and ended up just going to peace because my grandparents had started that church in the 60s. So I thought, you know, well, what better church to go to than this one? Um, I went to that meeting, though, thinking that peace could just start another service. Um, there was no need to start a whole separate church. And in that um, meeting, I kept thinking about what I had been looking for and what God was um, trying to, I think, I really think the Holy Spirit was working through me because I was... Um, moved to stand up and actually start, uh, I speak towards having a separate church. I stood up and I said um, that we needed to start a different church and I kind of gave a little bit of my background and actually voted that day um, to start 1C. And I just, throughout this whole process, you just, we learned to kind of let go and let God and that was the very first time that I feel the Holy Spirit moved me. Good. Thank you. 
My husband, Kendall, and our three sons and I were all members of Peace Lutheran Church, and we were at that meeting, and we voted for it, and I was actually for it. I thought it sounded like a great idea, um, but I was definitely not on board to be a part of the launch team to get it going. I said, this is my church. I love this church. I love the people here. This was where my husband and I's first date was. We were married here. Our children were baptized here. We were involved in ministry in Sunday school, helped get a mops group started there. There was no way I was going to leave my church. And so God worked in our hearts and minds, and obviously, I ultimately said yes to God, and it's been a huge blessing. Um, and one of the things that led me to um, make the decision was that my sons were really excited and on fire about it. Um, my husband's great-great-great-grandparents had lived um, out by Christ Lutheran and donated land to help get that church started. And later on, my husband's um, great-grandfather um, was a part of the founding members to be a, on, with peace. And so one of my sons said, but mom, it's in our heritage to be with starting churches. But really, it's in all of our heritage. You know, the, Jesus gives us, he gave us the great commission, and he wants us to go and make disciples of all men. So each and every one of us are called to go out there and serve in some way. Um, Dirk and I and our three children and Kirk and his daughter Bethany um, were all members at Emmanuel, so we were not in this peace group, and we were not even aware that they were going to possibly start a new church until Jerry came to our services at Emmanuel and gave a little spiel during church and then said, I'm going to be here afterwards. I would like to talk to you. And he kind of mentioned that there might, he, his goal was to maybe have different kind of music, you know, maybe some rock and roll type music. And my kids are like, oh, we're all over that. Mind you, my kids were probably seven, nine, and 11 at that time. And they wanted to stay for a meeting after church. That's, that's just unheard of. Anyway, so we stayed and we listened to Jerry and we were kind of being drawn in. And, and we left thinking, well, we're going to really pray about this and, and just really see where God leads our family. So um, we do, did family devotions. And um, probably a week, week and a half into our praying and trying to decide as the kids are like, we're doing this, we're doing this, we're doing this. Um, Dirk and I are like, we have our own business. We're busy with sports. You guys keep us running. We don't have time. Um, one of our devotions was talking about how we are the hands and feet, as Jody mentioned, and the verse is Romans 10, 14 through 15. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? And my kids stopped me and said, there, we're going. That's it. That's our sign. How beautiful are the feet um, of those who bring the good news. And so we were kind of like, that was our icing. That's, that's what we needed to hear. Yeah. Anyone else want to weigh in on that? Because there's more questions coming. So, All right. What was it like in the beginning when you were gathering together and talking and praying about the start of this new church? So you, you kind of made that decision. Then there were times where you got together just to pray and just to in preparation for starting the church. What were you thinking and feeling at that point? To me, it's not that much different than our family night. Everybody's just supporting each other, and, and Greg's study on Wednesday night's excellent and going off to, you know, SOS to support others. That's, that was really our whole mission. Yeah. All right. Early on, it was the intention to be out in the community. Okay, it was 
it was, a, just a, it was in the front, forefront of the, the dreams. Please give some examples of what it looked like and what things you did. There were a lot of things that we did in the community. Um, doing security for Youth for Christ events was, was probably one of the big ones that I was involved with. We um, did a lot of the vacation Bible schools in the neighborhood instead of having everyone come here to the church. Uh, this was something my kids actually got involved with. I never actually did it, but my kids were um, into going to the trailer courts, to the homes, to the parks, and doing vacation Bible schools there um, to teach the kids who probably wouldn't set foot in a church. Uh, also, we um, gathered money and took food to the nurse at the high school. Um, we did that for several years um, to provide food and support to the kids who are living on their own at high in the high school or to the families who can't pay their bills. Uh, another one I remember, we would uh, take a few hundred dollars worth of quarters and we'd go to the uh, laundromats around town and just start paying for people's laundry as we, they were there. We'd bring pizza and pop and just start putting money in the machine for them and they'd say, what, huh? I said, well, you know, we're just sharing the love of Jesus. Uh, we're part of 1C, uh, a new church down the street here, but uh, that has nothing really to do with this. If you want to come worship with us, fine. We'd love you to be there, but we're not putting money in, you, in the machines to bribe you to come to church. We just want to show you that, you know, Jesus loves you, and we want to share our fellowship with you and just spend a Saturday afternoon doing laundry. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, as Kay mentioned, we would do the, um, one, the one C in the neighborhoods. We would meet them where they were at. And to have the kids be a part of that, too, was really awesome. Um, I remember doing some free car washes. We just advertised a free car wash because we love you and Jesus loves you. And um, we would do some work for the Center for Survivors. My husband is really handy, and we had to sign some confidentiality forms. And we would go to the different homes that would need things done. One time he cut out of the ceiling a beehive and removed the beehive for them. Um, another time we went to some apartments with, along with our sons and we delivered some take and bake pizzas and would knock on the door and say, here's, here's dinner for you or save it for tomorrow. And, and they were like, oh, we didn't order pizza. And we were like, that's fine. We just are doing this because Jesus loves you and we want to invite you to our church. And um, that was really, really awesome to be a part of. Good. This next question, it says, um, 13 years later, a new church building coming up on nearly 500 people in worship each week. What are your thoughts about this? My thoughts are that this has just been a really incredible journey. And I also think back to what if I had not said yes? What if I had said no, stuck to my original instinct of I'm staying here? Um, God knew what was going to happen and we would have missed out on so many blessings and it's just been amazing to be a part of this church and to be a part of the community and to um, love on people and get to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Um, one of the things that they had said to us with the opportunity to be a part of this is that missionaries are so needed in this world and we don't have to go to Africa. We can be um, loving on people and showing them Jesus 
right here in our own community. We could go out and serve people, love people, pray together, encourage one another, walk alongside one another, and then still get to go home and sleep in our own beds at night. So I just think it's really awesome. You know, we started off with just small buildings. We were praying in people's garages and at airport hangars and in um, empty old um, grocery stores, and we couldn't have even imagined what we ended up with, but God knew. Our first service, they told us um, we would get a whole bunch of people to come to the service, and then the second service, we'd only get half of the people to return, because the first service would be filled with people who were just curious about what 1C was. After that first service, we went to the second service, and we had the same amount, if not a few more, at that second service. And then the third, we had more, and we have at least maintained that level and then um, grown throughout the next 13 years. So I guess um, what I'd like to say is that um, we planned and we planned and we planned. We would have things come up and the devil was constantly at us. Um, we, were, we would get discouraged and feel like, you know, are we really doing what we need to do? And then something else would happen and it would be like, yes, okay, yes, this is the path God wants us to take. So we would be thinking this is what we need to do going down this path and then something would happen and it, we would be completely redirected and go over here. For example, we thought at one point um, we would just have a trailer with our equipment in it and go around. Um, then we thought maybe we would have um, church here and then gymnasium in that um, cement gymnasium and we had a practice and it sounded so awful. I don't know if you remember. It was bad and we we're so discouraged. Well, at the same point, we had been having meetings at the old Mauritius and someone said, well, why don't we just have service here? And it was a light bulb. It was, we hadn't thought of that. And so I guess what I'd like to say is just that we thought, we thought, we thought, and then we prayed and then God showed us really what he wanted. I'll kind of play off of that just a little bit. In the first service, I also pointed out, how can an all-knowing God not understand the word no? You kind of picked up on it here a little bit. A lot of us started off with no's. The others that were here started off with no. Uh, one of our big things was we're never going to own a building. Um, huh, how'd that go for us? So I think ultimately it's listening to what God has to tell you, and it does go a whole lot better for you if you uh, don't push your no when he's telling you yes, kind of like in the last series with Noah, saying no didn't work well for him much either. Yep. I'll piggyback off of that briefly. Um, I do want to apologize, though. For the, first the first service, I said that I would speak on the behalf of my, my wife and myself. Um, so <laughs> I will apologize for saying that she would rather be a stage prop than speak. <laughs> <laughs> so I won't say that this time. I, I said I wouldn't say, say that again. Oh, good. So, anyhow, uh, yeah, so briefly for me, uh, when, when uh, getting back to your original question there, Pastor, when, um, when we were asked about starting a church, it was, uh, it was an immediate, um, you know, it's like, yeah, whatever. Um, and then Jerry began to share with us his his vision in regards to the service style and such, 
and that it would um, replicate in some way room 211 and we had gone to room 211 services in Lincoln before. So I personally knew how I felt um, having attended several of those services and the desire that I actually wanted to come back. Um, so dare I say at the time I felt, um, for me anyways, that, that church was boring. So what, there had to be some other people out there that felt like that. So um, that's what it was like for me personally anyways. And, and so uh, having said that, I'll ask my wife if she wants to say anything. She's good. And she might get even. Yeah, yeah, you're already plotting now. That's good. Here's again, a group of people. What was the original number? Dirk, you said it. 44. Yeah, there were 44 that were part of the launch team. Uh, yeah, lots of them were kids. To me, that's remarkable. In fact, uh, why don't you come on up here. We have uh, some of our youth that are, are going to be sharing a song with us. So as they come up, okay. Uh, all right, we're going to hold off on that for a little bit. Okay. One last question. Here are a group of people who maybe never experienced this. What words of advice would you give them? regarding their faith and their life as we all are to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus? What I understood and understand more fully today than I did years ago is that it takes all kinds. I was not the, I was not the one going around plugging um, quarters into um, the laundromat, handing out pizzas, that sort of thing. Um, I did not do any of that. Uh, my gifts and what I felt my strengths were at the time were to um, help establish the multi-sensory sort of worship that we get to experience and the realization that, um, that, that um, I, th I still wanted to go back the next Sunday. Um, and, and that's an important thing as, as far as I'm concerned. So, so it takes all kinds, I guess. It, it, it's not just outgoing people who want to go out and share scripture with people because not everyone is comfortable in that or very good at it. Anybody else? Um, my advice to anyone who is facing any trouble or, or a, a hill that you need to climb, we, we faced many hills and many valleys and celebrations and great things. Um, one that I know all of us started reminiscing this morning, um, we, we had our very first service. I mean, we'd been meeting and praying for almost a year, a little over. Every Wednesday, it was comfortable, it was good. The kids, you know, were involved. And then we're like, oh, wait, January is just around the corner, and we need to work on our first service. So Jerry, like, memorized and, and worked on his, his message, and I happened to be in charge of the band, if you can believe that. And um, we practiced our songs, and we knew them. We knew them. We had five songs. And then we got to do a practice. We did two different practice runs with it, invited some people. What did you think? Sunday morning it comes. People come. They love it. They leave. Jer says, okay, next week what are we doing? We need, we need more songs. I need another message. What are we going to talk about? And Kay and I looked at each other, what, what are we going to sing? I mean, <laughs> that's how desperate we were. So, but, you know, we got through it. My advice would be just to be willing and to be willing to say yes to God. Um, we may not feel equipped, but God will equip us. Um, we all have different gifts and skills and talents, and there's so many behind-the-scene things that happen, and it's just so needed. And 
for you parents out there, you can bring your children to church and you can talk to them about the Bible and about the love of Jesus, but what's going to speak louder than anything is action, and your kids are going to see that, and it's been such a blessing in my family and for all of these people, um, so when, he, when we are weak, he is strong, so let God work through you and just be willing and say yes. Good. One last, we'll give Kay the last word. I would say you need to pray, 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 pray. That's one of the things we did constantly when we were part of the launch team. We prayed. Uh, we let go and we let God direct our path. Uh, in your lives, you're going to have times I've had the last several years have been low for me, and you're going to have those in your life. Just keep praying, keep moving forward, keep putting the foot forward. And then when you have the opportunity, when God's speaking to you, let go and let him direct your path. Good. All right, thank you. Let's give a round of applause for what God is doing. And thank you. All right, I'm going to continue over here, and I'm going to tell people in back we're going to do plan B for a second. And I have what I call part two of my sermon. So as I think about 2,000 years ago, and as I think about those first followers called the disciples, the apostles, as I think about those people that said, yeah, you know, we'll start a church, we'll do it, there is a word that I think just resonates. And if I can have my slide up there, if you would. The word devoted. And there you have the Greek word for it, but just take a look at the, the definition. To continue to do something with intense effort. I think about the intense effort. I've seen pictures of what it was like when... Uh, we moved into this building and all the devotion from people to, you know, break down walls and to do, do all the things that needed to be done so that we could be in here today. As I go back in time 2,000 years ago or over the saints over those years, there's been a lot of devotion by followers of Christ. And yet, what were they devoted to? Well, let's uh, put up the next slide, if you would. They were devoted to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer. If, if you want to get inspired, look at Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. Just look at that, that portion of Scripture. And you see in there a group of people that were all in. And what was the purpose? I mean, what was the motivation? And I'm going to say this. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is what moved a group of people, whether 13 years ago or 2,000 years ago. The resurrection of Jesus caused people to live with almost a sense of reckless abandon. I mean, they were willing to pull out all stops, to do all sorts of things, because they understood that eternity was hanging in the balance for people. And they wanted to share this good news uh, in fact, let me walk you through what I call the summary of the early church life, and maybe we can even bring it into our world today. So the first one, they focused a lot on the teaching of the apostles. Secondly, they experienced wonders and signs. I mean, they were watching this unfold. I hope that you can watch what is unfolding here at 1C. There are some wonders and signs that are taking place. 
You know, if you see a baptism up here, that's one of those wonders or signs. When you take communion, that's a wonder and sign. God is doing some great things. Thirdly, they lived in a state of wonder and awe as they saw day in and day out the stark reality of God and healings and uh, deliverances and changed lives of people being added to the church. People's worlds were being turned upside down and they were finding peace and hope and joy. Next, they shared their possessions as freely with the needy as though they didn't even own them. They spent time in big groups in the temple and worship like this. They ate together in their homes almost every day. And when they met each other, they met God, they prayed, and they praised. I really believe this concept of church Jesus kept very simple because he knew the kind of people that he would be dealing with. I need need things simple. And I don't think it gets any more complicated than what Greg shared with the kids, right? Up, in, and out. And and if we can, let let me just show you. um, These are some of our logos that are trying to um, spell this out. You know, this whole idea of up. We experience God's presence in worship, prayer, and his word. And it happens in corporate worship, right, when we're here and we're worshiping together. It also happens in your house, maybe in your car, wherever you are, where you're connecting with God as you read the scriptures, as you pray, as you experience his presence in your life. Secondly, in, we explore faith and life together. I think scripture says it best, iron sharpens iron. What we do for each other is really an important part of our growth in the process. That's why I know it's God's idea. He said it in the very beginning. Remember, it's not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. He knew it at the very onset that we should not be alone. So here he did, created this concept of community with one another. But then it goes beyond that. And we get to the third, the out. We expand the mission of Jesus as we connect others to Christ. And that's what this whole mission is about, connecting others with Jesus. Well, I have a, a, a surprise for you. I have one more couple from the launch team who is in another part of the world who gets to hear the word of God from here at 1C um, every week because they tune in because of live streaming. So if we could, let's, let's play that. Hello, Hello from Bulgaria. Bulgaria. <laughs> wow. We think about 13 years at 1C, and uh, some of the memories I have were a, a very enthusiastic launch team who, who got together every week, and we prayed. We, uh, we would do a lesson plan with each other. Uh, we planned. We would eat. We worshiped, sing together. Um, and we, we just trusted God all around about every step that was going to take place. We met in a garage. We met in an airport hangar office. We went to uh, even an abandoned grocery store. And I think about where 1C is at today, where God has blessed this church with a, a gorgeous uh, building full of possible activities, um, and the people that are there that have such talent and that he has just furnished that every week 
to where um, church can happen every week. I, I am impressed and in awe. And it doesn't surprise me because we worship a mighty God. When I think about uh, the 13 years and especially the 12 years that we lived there in that time, I was always amazed that every single worship service, every single week, I always encountered some person I had never seen before. And I was amazed that God continued to bring people all the time, people who needed to hear his message of love. I thought that was very important to remember. When we talk about some advice, um, like I mentioned, trust was the, the big thing for our launch team. And, and I think about Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, where, where trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Another piece of advice would be um, get involved. An active church is an alive church. And three, um, keep it simple. We always talked about that. Keep it simple because Jesus kept it simple. He walked from area to area. It, he, it was just simple. And he, it was uh, not an elaborate thing. It wasn't a show. It was a simple and humble event. And uh, we have to remember that it's about his kingdom. Uh, the one thing that I would like to share is if there are people in your life today, show them Jesus by showing them love. Um, start with the people who are under your roof, the people you have daily contact with, even the person you might encounter at the grocery store regularly. Show those people Jesus by showing them love. And if you're not really sure how to do that or how to show that particular person love, Pray about it and invite God into it and then watch for his directions and his guidance and his peace as you get started trying to do that. Have a good worship. Have a great Sunday. <laughs> Dan, Michelle, thank you so much. They're actually watching right now from Bulgaria and being part of our worship. Uh, I should have asked at the beginning, maybe before I had the launch team up here, how many of you have ever been part of a launch team? Okay, a couple hands back there. Yep, of course you. Um, it's a trick question. And after I share with you the scripture, I'm going to ask you the same question, and I'm hoping every single hand goes up. If I can have the scripture up there. From Matthew chapter 28. These are the marching orders of the church. This is when Jesus, after his resurrection, was getting ready to ascend. And I'll, I'll just go from what I have for memory. Um, Jesus, that all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you. And surely I'll be with you always to the very end of the age. That's the Great Commission. And really, when Jesus was speaking those words, I mean, this is the power of Jesus. He was speaking to the group that were assembled at his ascension, but he was also speaking to a group of people assembled at 1C in 2020. And he's telling you and me to go and make disciples. So, with that in mind, how many of you have been or are part of a launch team?
Now hands, all hands should be going up. I'm just going to tell you what to do a little bit more boldly. I want you to convince me that you know that you're part of this launch team. You are part of the launch team where you get to share this love of Jesus in very profound ways so that lives can be changed so people can know him personally. Now, we are ready. Um, some of our young people have worked on this song. Brent, I think it's a pretty new Lauren Daigle song, Love Like This. And I want you to listen to those words, and that's the heartbeat of the church. We are to love like Jesus.
go to God in prayer this morning. Prayers for health and safety for a trip to our your grandparents in Arizona this week. A prayer, Lord, that you just help us grasp and hold to your teachings and your love and to share with those we want to light the way to help them through their struggles of mind, heart, and hands. For those who need some sort of recovery, Lord, you are the only way, the lifesaver that can calm and change it all. Thank you that you are with us all through this process. Prayers for my family and any person traveling next week that they stay healthy. Prayers for those affected by the coronavirus. Prayers that they find a cure prayers for continued strength in our families, for our life of sobriety and recovery, and for a long-term recovery process. Prayers for our continued journey of recovery, prayers for safe travels for my mom and daughter today, prayers of healing for my daughter, prayers for our troops, our president, our nation, all who are hurting, that they may find peace. Prayers for my nephew in prison, that he finds you calling and that he can be productive where he's at. Prayers for my dad who is going through chemo. Prayers for my marriage. Prayers for my relationships with you, God, that it continues to grow and that you will continue to help me stay sober and not suicidal or self-harm. Thank you, Lord. Prayers for strength, for guidance, for courage, wisdom that we will be able to love one another without limitation and show grace to all of those who come into contact with us. Thank you, Jesus, for all of our friends you've given us, for the friendships we share and the love of Jesus with. Prayers of thanks for all those who have health, for their health and relationships, that you continue to guide us, Lord, in your love and blessings. Prayers for our son and daughter, continue in good health and to continue to grow. Healing prayers for my cousin and his wife who have lost their, her father early this morning. Prayers for, Lord, for searching for direction and a sense of where I am supposed to be. Continue to help me grow in my transformation and grow in my spiritual awareness. Prayers for my father, Keith, for his cancer results that they come back with a positive news. Prayers for my SOS family. I love them and I miss them. Prayers for Steve on his journey. Prayers for Tina, recently diagnosed with cancer. Prayers for Justin Johnson and Lance Barnes, that they may stay strong and stay with God. Prayers for my family, Harley, Calum, and Genevieve. Prayers for the whole world to be renewed. Prayers that God bring peace and a soothing hand to those of us who are suffering and lost and help us to lean on you, Lord, for your guidance through this. For although my faith is in you, keep it strong. Please help me to regain my faith in myself. A prayer for myself and my daughter, Isabel. Help us to understand and learn your word, Lord. Prayers for my cousin, Gavin because he is recently diagnosed with diabetes and for my parents that they will get through everything from the past and become a true family again. Prayer for my mom who starts six weeks of radiation. 
prayers on the, for our baby on the way and that it continues to grow healthy. Prayers for Carol. Prayers for my son to get the job he interviewed at BD. Prayers for the Bob Thielen family. Prayers for my granddaughters to make right decisions. Prayers for my kidney transplant. And thanks God for the prayers for my heart procedure, that the results were good. And prayers for my kidneys to, to hold on. Prayers for healing in my knee. Father, we just thank you for all these prayers spoken and the ones unspoken on our hearts today, that you hear us. Join me as we say the Lord's Prayer that he taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Receive now the blessing of our Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. A couple announcements, quick. We'll start right off. So March 12th is coming soon, uh, 11 days from now, actually. And uh, we're having a concert here with Seventh Day Slumber, Stars Go Dim, and uh, Stephen Malcolm. And one of the things we talked about this morning were there's a lot of people in this community who may not have access to be able to come to the concert because they don't have the funds for it. We know there's a couple organizations we've talked about as a, as a group here that, that could use the help. So if any of you guys are interested in donating money, buying tickets to help us hand out to some of these people, I think it would be really appreciated. Um, you know, life is hard, and that's one of those things where I think this is going to be an uplifting moment for a lot of people. Yeah. So come see Carrie at Next Steps after the service. You can talk to Pastor, myself, or Greg. We can hook you up with that. Very good, yeah. And, and for that event, we're, we're also looking for some volunteers to be able to help with the concert. So talk to Carrie about that. We also have what's called a um, spring blast. And it's a taste of this upcoming summer camp that we're going to have for elementary uh, kids, and that's going to be March 21st. Now, we want you to start praying about this event, uh, and if you are so moved, you can even look at the next steps area to the right. There's some balloons on the wall if you'd like to be able to help out a little bit. We would appreciate that help as well, um, even as a volunteer showing up for that event. Um, but really, it's getting us ready for the, for the summer camp itself, which is coming quickly, so keep that in mind. Greg. Yeah. Uh, you've got a lot of irresistible meetings coming up this month, right? 23 different times that people can choose from. They can go on our website, register, go on Weekly Happenings, register, scan this QR code, get to the registration site. Um, and if you can't do that online, you can also call the office. We can help you get set up as well. And these are meetings for you to get to know people, people to get to know you, yep. and then talk about this idea of the resurrection of Jesus and how it changed the world. Right. And hopefully it's changed you, right? And, and again, God wants it to, to make a difference. And I'll even say this. There's 23 meetings. I would venture to believe that one of those will fit your schedule. But if you sit back and say, no, it, it just really doesn't, I will come and meet you wherever and whenever you want. I really think that this message is important. So please, let us know and sign up soon. 
Yeah. What else? And we were blessed today to hear a lot about the history of 1C. If you're interested in learning more about who we are as a church, what we believe, our history, our mission, um, any more, pray that you've been moved uh, through this service to do so. We are having a new disciple launch starting after worship. So from about noon to two, we'll serve lunch and then spend about an hour and a half, two hours having a conversation, telling you more about who we are, um, which would be an opportunity for you to prayerfully consider if you would like to make 1C your church home if you have not done that yet. Great. Yeah. Let's stand and sing.